Hey everybody, RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Justin, and this is episode 153. Who do I have with me today? Not Dan. Not Dan. <laughs> yeah, and, and I want to talk about that, dude. I, I heard a little bit earlier in the week that you have a disease, and it's, it's catchy. It's very highly contagious. It's a disease of the vagina. Oh. <laughs> oh, we're starting with it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just leading right in, huh? I think I think Dan caught it. He's got a little sand down there now. And so he's decided not to come on tonight because he needs to bust out the baby wipes. Yep. As you yep. educated him of last week. And he's got some cleaning to do. Uh, we'll let him, I guess. <laughs> I feel like it's an uh, it's a good thing. Everyone Everyone needs that time. Jesse, are you next? No, I'm not next. You kidding me? Yours is yours is pretty clean right now. Yeah, definitely not next. Nor Good. nor the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. I, I put a hairnet on mine, so it's like oh. no sand can get in there. Good call. Yep. Give it a try. All right, so what do you guys been up <laughs> to this week? <laughs> wow. Great intro, Justin. Oh, <laughs> It's going to flow right into what we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Go, Nick. Let's see. I managed to get, are you ready for this? I don't have a no-fly. How about that? All nice. right. But by only two. <laughs> oh. Two. I, big numbers this week, baby. Two flights. What, did you just hover out back yeah, just to be able to say, say that you don't have a no-fly? Uh, no, uh, a couple flights at work. Oh, okay. okay. During lunch. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, no, actually, guy, I'm getting my weeks all messed up. I completely take that back. I had a couple flights during work during the week, but last weekend, uh, my son and I got out to the field on Saturday and I got in quite a bit, quite a bit, quite a bit Not- is 10. I want to say right at around there, between 9, 9, 10, or 11, something like that. So I'm not complaining. It feels good to fly. Still tweaking a little bit. Um, still tweaking a little bit on the Spartan, the VX1E. And kind of coming to the conclusion that I just, I am so governor picky, it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> go on I, I yeah i feel like i could fly any fly barless system and be content if i had a, a good governor and i know that's weird but it's just it's like it's just turning out to be true i mean that's how i like to 
I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. So I've got, you know, right now I'm flying. Um, let's see. I've got an icon on one of the Thunder Tigers. The icon still, actually on all the rest of them for that matter. And the other one's got the, the Spartan on it. Both of them, I actually pulled the, I, let's see, I pulled the governor out of the icon. So I'm flying both of them on the Scorpion governor. And it's not that bad by any means. Not quite up to my pickiness, though. Um, fair. Very, very fair. And I, I really can't complain too much. But it's just, it's missing a couple little things. You know, it, uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know how it is to explain it, but it's not, it's just not quite there. And and I'll put a little bit more effort into tuning it. Um, but yeah, dude, still definitely enjoying it. I've got one know. word for you after hearing all What's of that. that contronic. <laughs> yes. I, how close are you? I mean, let's, I'm let's kidding. be honest here. You're super picky about your governor's. Right. Yep. And you haven't been able to find one that you really, really. Well, you know what? Actually, I take that back. About a year ago, you were really enjoying the governor on the either the V bar or was it the Skookum? Skookum had it. Skookum actually had a really good gov during one during one of our betas. Like, Art just freaking nailed mm -hmm. it, dude. It was like, oh, oh, this is awesome. But it was only working really good on the Castle ESCs. Yeah, there was a okay, couple I little things. That. Yep. Yeah, there was a couple little things on the Scorpions we needed to work through and on the Hobby Wings. And then the next change, it, it wasn't good. And I was like, oh, no, get it back, get it back, get it back. And, and they didn't. And I just, I got super frustrated. The Icon Governor governs head speed phenomenally it really does work great uh it it transfers power very very well um actually flying the scorpion once and and having gone back and flown castle again i believe that governors tr have the ability to transfer power better than other ones uh you can i mean same batteries same motor same pitch same head speed some make the helicopter flat out feel more powerful they just transfer power better well and the icon's a pretty aggressive governor on the top oh, yeah. it is right? i mean that's it is and that unfortunately brings in its one big downfall which is it can cause i'm not going to say on every heli but it uh, the ones that all of the ones that i've set up on it to some extent some some helicopters, it's very small. Some, it's a lot bigger. But it can and will cause tail tuning issues. Weird tail tuning issues that you, you wouldn't think. You know, not just tail kicks. And you would think, okay, well, if it causes a tail kick, turn the gov down. Well, it, it's, it's not that simple. It needs some more work in there. But once you get it loaded, I, I mean, it, my God, it transfers power. Great. I can take that one. And, you know, I can fly it at 1950 and it will feel, ex I can take the Icon Gov, put it on a Castle ESC and fly it at 1950 and it will feel identical in the air power wise 
I'm not saying necessarily head speed holding wise or anything else, but power wise, it actually feels like the Castle Gov set to 2050 because wow. it's just the Castle's got so much sag to it. And it just doesn't transfer power all that well. See, what you need hmm. to do, though, because, I mean, you even admit that you love bouncing between fly barless systems. And we'll see. Maybe the maybe the VX1E is the final one for a couple of months. But at the end of the day, <laughs> every time you change a fly barless system, you got to get used to their governor again. Unless well, it's a system without right. a governor. And so, Dude, we go back six months. There is no way. I mean, and I, I think I actually even said this out loud. No way are you going to sell me on a, on a Contronic. I know that it's the best. And, and that's Nick admitting that right now. I know that it's the best. All around. I'm not, you know, maybe it doesn't do one little thing, but they are symptomless. How about that? Negative symptomless. They don't cause any fly barless tuning yep. issues. Yep. I'm not... I'm not saying if you want to print out a you know an actual data graph of head speed holding, I actually think the the icon governor and the V bar governor, for example, if you were to just graph out the head speed, they hold better. No question they hold better. But they they tweak with the tail. So holding better isn't the secret. It's how it delivers power and when and how, when and how. Well, yeah. and don't forget that, you know, Contronic can be tuned. It has advanced tuning parameters. You can go in and tune all of the different gains, just like any other governor. It's just that for 99% of the people out there, you just don't usually have to do that because the default settings deliver power so smoothly and clean. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. But what did I, I mean, you and I were talking about this on the phone this week. And what I told you was, if you can't stomach the price tag of the Contronic, you can get what amounts to the same governor performance out of a YGE. You just got to do a little bit more tuning on the actual governor. And I'm, 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 I am officially six months ago. I would have said no way. I'll never go in that direction out of principle alone. I think I'm ready. I'm not not financially ready but <laughs> well you can get hell you yeah, i mean to, there are heli jives there. for for sale used for like 300 to 400 bucks dude that's a killer I, deal i know i know and it's they really are worth it um i need to be i'm mentally headed in that direction how about that i would kill to have a pair of heli jive 120s on the Raptors. I would probably mm -hmm. just fly them and, and maybe not even ever tune anything again. I, I know that. But that's also, you know, that's that's not me. I like to say that's not me because I do, I do love to tweak and tune. And, like, I would continue. And the reason that I'm, I actually pulled the Icon back off, is I got to go back and tune the Icon without the Icon Governor. And it was just a completely different experience on the tail. I mean, way better all the way mm -hmm. around. Every single negative symptom that I had uh, was gone. And now I'm kind of even wanting to go back and dig into the cyclic a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I have this also bad feeling that if I do throw a pair of, like, Hel Heli Jive 120s on the Raptors that... 
when Spartan comes out with the eGov, then it's going to really crawl under my skin because I'm going to be like, well, is it as good? Could I slap a couple castles on here or a couple Scorpion ESCs? But they hold their value. So you can turn it around and sell it for the same amount that you paid for as long as it's in good condition. Well, they hold their value, but also think about the value that it would have as a baseline. Think about, you know, you put a heli jive on one and then you put the Spartan on the other and run the Spartan go. Yes. Now all of a sudden you're going back to back with a known well-performing yeah, go exactly, and a brand new go. Jesse. So it's giving you that baseline. Well, or okay, dude, then you on know, the flip again, side. pick up the YGE 120. There's a 120 on the I'm, forums right now for 175 bucks. You're flying an E700. It doesn't need... A one oh no, I agree. Yeah, those things are huge. No way. <laughs> no way. Yeah, that's fair. It is really tempting. I mean, if I would definitely like to give, I don't know if I'm ready to go out and buy a brand new YGE120 and a prog card. I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet because I almost feel like, God, if I'm going to spend that much. Yeah. Might as I'm well not, just add in a little, little extra. Yeah, I'm not that far. But then on the flip side, I would. I'm gonna be. It, it seems really wasteful to have uh like a heli jive 120 on there and not use the BEC because I won't. So then you got to go to like what is it the heli jive pro? Yeah, the correct? no, yeah, the, the, new, the new jive pro. Yeah, jive pro. Jive pro. That's right. So, but then you're talking, dude. Well, I hold mean, on. Why are... would you go to the Jive Pro? Just so that I could run, uh, actually use the internal BEC because I wouldn't use it on a Heli Jive. Yeah, like that's what I'm doing. I'm, I have just the normal Heli Jive, but I'm not using the BEC. I'm just running all my servos off a of 2S LiPo. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's that's a huge benefit. That's a selling factor of the Heli Jive 120 is that you can use all that. I mean, the weight reduction is just ridiculous. Yep. You know, you throw a you throw a backup guard or an opti guard in conjunction with a heli jive one twenty, and you have uh, probably the lightest and most you know one of the most the lightest and one of the most reliable setups out there. Oh, you're saying you'd go with the jive pro because you actually get an, a high voltage BEC. I yeah. I I would get a BEC that I would use. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. But then, you know, the price jumps quite a bit as yep. well. So well, you're probably right. It, it doesn't right. jump quite a bit if you're buying new either way, right? A Heli Jive's 549, a Jive Pro's 569. Oh, okay. New. Well, that's fair. But then. if you're buying used, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, because the Heli Jives are a lot cheaper on the forums. No. Yes. Yeah. Well, I... Or you could just go all the way and buy a Cosmic 160. I'm not gonna put that big turd thing on the yeah, side. Yeah, that's of true. Nice for, for the Raptor, it doesn't make sense. I agree. No, I agree. If you had all. a bigger I, heli, it would be different. But I mean, I know there are guys that are doing it. Don't get me wrong, and it's not a bad thing. It's just way overkill. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've seen overkill. people that like have a, a a Cosmic 200 cool like bolted to the side of a T Rex 700 DFC. Like literally the side of the helicopter because it won't fit under yep. the canopy and it doesn't fit on the back. <laughs> That's what you have to do with the Raptor as well. Yeah. And I really, 
I know that a lot of guys run their ESCs, and it's very difficult to get it to CG out with an ESC on the front. That's why I like the concept of a 120-amp lighter weight ESC. Oh, yeah. Like the yep. Castle Edge 120, like the Heli Jive, right? Because uh, I run my receiver packs on the side right under the main shaft. Mm-hmm. So I can change the weight of the helicopter like, oh, man, it's a really windy day. Right. So like we pick up, let's say we pick up 20 mile an hour wind. If I want to go out there and fly, I will peel off. I normally fly like a 1500 milliamp or a 1300 milliamp receiver pack. I'll take that off and I'll throw a 2500 or 3000 on there. And it's just like an instant third of a pound or half a pound. Mm -hmm. And it's, you don't have to change anything. I mean, nothing. I love doing it that way, but I, the only way that it will work is if it's a lightweight ESC up on the nose. Yeah, gotcha. and you got to stick oh. with the Contronic or the YGE120 to make that happen. Justin, you you have about everyone. You don't have an extra YGE120 laying around? I don't. I don't have any YGEs <laughs> right now. They're great. Yeah. I mean, they're awesome, awesome ESCs. Yeah, You're not going to go oh. wrong on either brand. Speaking of, I was going to put this in the news, but since we're talking about this right now, um, uh, after bringing up the whole icon update thing last week, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I want to take full credit for it because I don't really know that for a fact, but s- looks like <laughs> looks like some people got off off their butts, <laughs> and um, <laughs> there's there there be a spark be lit, so. What is going on is now uh, Corrado, that's his name, that's the gentleman, I believe it's the owner of MSH, he has hired a developer slash coder slash whatever you want to call it, and um, they are going to be doing and providing an update for the Uh. brain and icon units. So... I know I kind of freaked everyone out, and truthfully, uh, I don't feel bad about that because that's the information that a lot of people had. I mean, this whole this whole brain icon Corrado Thomas deal is just, I mean, it needs its own talk show. It's that dramatic. Public shaming and blah, blah, blah on the forums and back and forth. It's not my problem. It's not my problem. Well, it's his job or this contract, blah, 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 whatever. It's a great unit. It's still a great unit, you know, uh, and I hope that I really hope that MSH and Corrado, they pull through with this update because it is, it's got so much potential to remain a really good top contender. And I see people starting to ditch them and it's because they don't believe that it's going to be supported, you know, and, uh, as long as they can continue to support it, I agree. I think and, yeah. and and the support stays at the level of quality that we've come to expect from the original icon team. Yep. You know, and if Heli we Direct start getting still going to support the unit updates that screw things up, then yeah, gets- that's not going to help anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. So, uh if you guys have your icons uh, or your uh the brain units and you were like, "Oh man, great. I'm just going to get rid of them." And you didn't by then you know you really might want to consider holding on to them that 
that's what I am personally doing. I I love the concept of the Spartan. I think they're headed in a fantastic direction. Uh, I really like what I see so far. There's a couple little things. But I'm just going to kind of take this last half of the year and I'm not going to go all in on anything. I don't want to go all in. I don't want to waste. I want to be able to dabble um, a little bit more. And uh, I'm curious to see if they can follow through with it. I really hope that they can. Dan will be happy, yep. dude. He owns stock in the company. Yeah, he's <laughs> I practically own stock in it. I mean, gee. How many do you have? Five. Oh, damn. Four or five. Okay, wow. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah, and they were making some really cool. I mean, I've 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 got a couple firmwares that uh have some definite improvements. So they were headed in the right direction. You know, now this is a big thing for someone to take on that wasn't involved with the project before. You know, because it, it was Thomas over at Actual Icon that was, you know, working on the update. So this is back all the way over on the other side now that has to, I'm not going to say start from scratch, but they got a new guy. So he's got to play a little bit of catch up. But, hey, with new people comes new motivation. New ideas. No baggage. No baggage, right? They don't have that mental baggage, and and you can really see some awesome things happen. So, we'll see how that goes. Sweet. I have one, one more update. Seriously, dude. And I will. I want to hear from one Jesse. More. So come on, yeah. let's do this. This one's this one's a big deal, though. Okay. Me. All right. All right. I have been patiently and quietly. You know, we haven't talked. Nick hasn't talked about batteries that much. Um, you know, I flew Gen Zays for a long time. I mean, geez, I, I don't even know how long, Jesse, a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, almost I two. Think. Yeah. Oh, just about a couple of years. Uh, you know, and unfortunately the, the quality started to go down. Uh, the consistently consistency started to go down and, you know, Again, they just kind of fell off the map here in the U.S., and it's it, it got hard for me to stand behind that because that's what I really believe in, product support and all that. So I stepped away from the team and just kind of started flying when and what we wanted and have been very kind of patiently. Batteries are a little bit different for me. I want to stay open on the fly barless market, but dude, when it comes to buying batteries, they're such a big investment dollars wise that Nick feels like if Nick's going to spend Nick's money that I better damn well know what I'm going to get. And that, that that's something that's really, really important to me. I don't need big, crazy high C numbers. I need good, consistent batteries, uh, you know, that are reasonably priced and something that I just, that's something I don't ever want to have to think about. I don't want to be like, ooh, let me try this battery over that battery. That's that's not my thing. They're the they're they're like putting fuel in the gas tank. I want to know that it's the same every time I go to the pump. Mm-hmm. So, um, after doing a little chit chat, and you guys know that I have been spending a fair amount of time flying OptiPower batteries, and have been very happy with them. Um, Obviously, I was kind of peering over the shoulder of Justin when he was doing the whole feed <laughs> review, talking with him, 
And then with what I've seen on my side, you know, I don't know if they're going to end up being the end to all end for the speed application. I don't know. For me, they work great. Uh, so after having a little conversation, I got to meet Andrew Hinton Lever uh, at Urcha, uh, Courtney, as we know, um, owner of Flatline Clothing. She's the Team USA manager. And after talking with her, um, I was asked and have joined the OptiPower team. Nice. Ooh, nice, dude. Congratulations. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. It's just something I, you know, I have, <laughs> we're always joking about, oh, what's Nick going to do with this? What's Nick going to do with that? And am I going to, how long am I going to have this before I switch to something else? I know that's my personality. I've learned to embrace it. I love it and enjoy it but it's not my personality with batteries. I'm very patient, like to be slow and methodical about them, and I just want consistency and OptiPower has has been the best uh, for me in that regard. So I'm very happy to, to help support them, and thank you to the OptiPower team for supporting me. And, uh, yeah. Awesome, dude. Sweet. So, yeah. Team Optipower USA. You know, that team's growing. They are, and that's a big... You, you know the one thing? Uh, I, we kind of mentioned it in the review, but this was the, the final kind of thing that really sealed the deal for me because I was like, ah, you know, we're, we're in a weird position here. Um, we, we really try and stay as neutral as absolutely possible on everything. But... We have stuff personally that we we all love. I have stuff that I love that Justin can't stand or Je- and Jesse can't stand, that sort of a thing. But then we try and stay neutral because we want everyone to really understand that it's the real us. And it's just this weird kind of battle that we always try and be self-conscious about um, here. But something that really caught my attention with the OptiPower thing was... When they first came into the market in the U.S., you know, years back, they weren't as good. And if you go back on timeline to where they are now, they're actually growing and getting better all the time. Whereas a lot of these manufacturers come in with their first set of packs and it's like, oh, they're great. And then two years later, one in five sets (laughs) of their packs are great. Yeah. You know, as we've seen with other brands. And and they seem to be getting consistently better and that's important to me they're you know they're taking the feedback and they're they're turning that back into a better product so really big deal for me personally they're working for me and i'm uh, i'm happy cool sweet dude now oh yeah you probably want to know my flight count huh since we all this big discussion yeah did you go back oh, and actually yeah. listen to the shows and figure it out i did i did and but when we were guessing Remember, we were guessing about the number. It was 396. Oh, okay. All right. Really close. So my grand total as of right now, thought it was actually a little bit higher, uh, but it is not, unfortunately. My grand total is 433. Damn it. Nice. I suck. What was Dan at last week? 418? Something like that? Um, He was in the 420s, I think. Yeah, something like that. All right. So I'm, I'm still... 
This is turning into a man. Second and third's getting a little. Well, tight it here. is getting close. It's closer than I expected. I really thought, Jesse, that you were going to pull away from everyone, but you've been maintaining only about a 50 or 60 flight lead. Yeah, I don't even think I got that right now. No. No, he doesn't so, right now. Well, okay, then let's hear about it. Let's Let's hear about it, dude. They carry most of your favorite major brand names. Rotary Wing RC. Batteries, blades, chargers, electronics, flybarless controllers, complete helicopter kits, parts and tools. Coming soon, Contronic ESCs. Rotary Wing RC. Great customer service, and if they don't have it, give them a call. Check back often, as their website is constantly being updated. Rotary Wing RC. Keeping you airborne. Look them up today at www.rotarywingrc.com. I did get in uh, some flights in the last week. I did. I made it out to the field last Saturday. The weather was awesome here in Pullman. It was like 80 degrees out, 5 mile an hour winds. Another one of those days where right when you got to the field, you know you're going to be out there for a while. Pack, pack the lunch. And so got in 16 flights uh, last Saturday. And just to kind of update, the, night, the N7 is back flying great. I know last week I kind of talked about how Last Friday, I had to kind of call, cut the uh, trip to the field short just a little bit because the uh, exhaust nipple on the fuel tank came loose. So I, I got that all fixed up, and the N7 flew great all day Saturday. I, I was a little bit concerned um, with the motor after Friday because, like I mentioned, I possibly could have ran it lean for a little while, um, 30 seconds, minute, uh, somewhere in there. But there doesn't seem to be any damage to the motor, and there's still... You know, usually I know uh, we've the tested ring's this in not the past. Shiny. No, the ring is not shiny, and you can kind of get an idea from grabbing the uh, the starter shaft on the heli and just turning it over by hand and really feeling that compression. So you know that if it's very easy to turn over by hand, you probably should think about replacing the ring. So yeah, not last the case time here. that happened to me, dude, I could almost start it with my finger. You just <laughs> just <laughs> give it a good spin; it goes that's around how, a couple that's times. That's how loose the it was. Brrr. Yeah. No, I so it I've actually found though that the YS engines have been, you know, I've my my only other engine experience is the OS55 and compared to that this YS engine is like a thousand times more forgiving on tuning oh, and yeah. running Absolutely. lean and how quick I mean it's it's amazing the con, the condition of the sometimes the condition of the ring and the engine still will run fine and you're like there's no way this thing should even run it's so loose they but It makes Stupid power rich. I mean, there's just, they're, yeah, they're very forgiving. Yeah, exactly. So everything was good there. Yeah, I was a little bit worried, but no issue. So still producing plenty of power. And then I spent a lot of time last Saturday. I completely reset the tail on the warp because I put in the new mini MKS tail servo. So I completely cleared out all the tail settings. And I believe like 10 of my 16 flights are on the warp last weekend. Um, just really trying to get that tail dialed in. And I got to say, I thought it flew great on the micro, and this was an MKS micro tail servo. But wow, it flies a whole lot better on the mini tail servo. Um, really? We've always kind of said it always starts with tail performance. And for me, that's a huge gauge to how well the overall heli flies. 
and it just seems to make the whole heli feel more locked in and tighter. Um, yeah. So, so honestly, if if you guys are flying the warp on a micro tail servo, I, you know, and I would almost say any heli in that class, I don't see why this wouldn't apply to other helis because I think in in the general opinion that the, the uh, micro MKS tail servo is near one, it's near the top performers in that class of tail servos. So it's not like I had um, a lower quality tail servo in the warp already. You know, I was from an MKS to an MKS, and I could tell a huge difference. Um, so anyone yeah. kind of flying that 450 awesome. stretched might want to consider looking into a, a mini-sized tail servo because they're, you know, an immediate difference. So got that all tuned up. And then <laughs> the other issue I talked about last week was a charging case. So I got that all fixed up and man it was it was nice to be able to go back to back charging those batteries again because you don't realize how dependent you are on those really fast charge times when you're out at the field by yourself um because you, you all of a sudden find yourself just sitting around a lot when you're having to charge it really low charging rates i mean last friday when i was out there and my charging case was giving me issues i was only able to charge it like 10 amps and on like a you know 5,300 milliamp pack, putting two of those on one charger at 10 amps. That's a, that's a long freaking charge. Yeah, it takes a while. Yeah. You're not, you're not cranking the flights out very fast. So that, or you're, you're going uh, through uh, lots of nitro, lots and lots of nitro to keep, to keep the <laughs> which flights Which isn't going, a bad thing. Which, but. <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. Um, I only brought, you know, I usually only bring kind of my routine when I go out to the field is I, I usually only carry one gallon of nitro with me. Or if the, the gallon that I'm currently using is below half, I'll probably throw in another gallon. Because typically, my, my kind of normal rotation is two flights on the 7HV, one flight on the warp, one flight on the nitro. And then just keep that keep rotating that through. And that usually gives me the chance where I never have to stop flying. Those batteries get a chance to get caught up. So now all of a sudden, you take out those two 7HV flights and you just have the warp ones. Yeah, you start going through that nitro a lot faster. So that one gallon just does not cut it. Because that's, you know, on a 700 class nitro, it's like eight flights, nine flights. So yeah, not too much. And then the last thing I've kind of been doing this week. Um, so as I mentioned a couple shows ago, my current fleet is just the 7HV, the N7, and the Warp. So I no longer have the 600 class electric, but I still have those uh, 3300 milliamp packs. And so what I've been doing this last week is getting those ready to go in the 7HV, getting it all CG'd out. And I think I'm going to put some cycles on them on the 7HV. Oh my God. I've been 3300s, dude. Have, you guys haven't tried like 3300s on 700? Or how much does um, it weigh with the 3300s? It'll be, oh, I don't have the overall. It'll save me a little bit. It'll be over a half a pound, closer to three quarters of a pound reduction to the weight of the model. So... What I'm really, what I'm really hoping, there's this, you know, my my theory is that with the lighter disc loading, which we, I mean, we've seen this in the past, with the lighter disc loading, the heli tunes a lot better, and in my opinion, it flies much closer to a nitro, that smooth nitro power delivery, and I'm really just kind of trying to get away from that heavy 700 electric, and I'm honestly kind of thinking the next time I'm due for a round of packs, I'll probably be looking at some. 4400s 4000s um somewhere somewhere in there because flying 2050 on the head 14 degrees of pitch so you can still get the heli moving yep i'm i'm 
I think I should still be able to get probably a four-minute flight time on 4400s, which for me, that would still be plenty on a 700-class electric helicopter, especially if it flies much more like a Nitro. So we'll see. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm sure I'll have to turn the head spin down. I'm sure I'll end up flying at 1950, 1900. Um, I'll, you know. No, you won't. We'll see. He's going we'll to crank it up to 2150. <laughs> or, or it could just be like, this is awesome. <laughs> this, this is awesome. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the thing doesn't even bog. <laughs> dude, I've I've even gone up lately. I'm I'm creeping back up into the 2000 range, and I'm like, find my pitch. It's like every time I set it up, I swear I add a tenth of a degree. Like every mm-hmm. time. You're like, I'll just like, creep it up ooh, just a little more. 13. Ah, 13.2. That'll be that'll be, yeah. that'll be good. And yep. then now, now they're all at like thirteen point five, and I'm yep. guessing by spring it'll be fourteen. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, we kind of went through that. We all shifted to the lower head speed. And, not me. Well, not not Justin. Nick and I shifted to a lower head speed. It's a lot tougher to tune a fly barless system, and a lot of maneuvers become a lot more difficult to do especially to perform them cleanly at you know consistent heights and when you're really focusing on working up you know perfecting maneuvers um it is it's definitely quite challenging so that from that 1950 up to 2050 there's a huge difference uh, in how the heli flies how the head responds and you know for me that that's where it's enjoyable so that's where i'm flying it yeah you still won't catch me up that high i'll creep up on 2000 but that's where i'm at you guys are pussies. I'm flying up at like 2,600, dude. Yeah. Do we have to say this again, Justin? Yeah. Upright. Upright. What a, you know, we're, <laughs> oh, we're in a, Justin, we're, we're speaking a whole nother language here, man. We're talking. So there's, uh, you know, these, these yeah, helicopters that yeah. we got, they can go upside down, dude. My upside downy helicopter flies at like 15 to 1,600. Yeah. Yep. See, he's already, he's yeah. already losing it. Go. He's already out of the game. Pretty soon he's going to be flying his upside downy helicopter at like eight hundred. I, I feel I feel like I can maintain this. Like I got this at eight hundred RPM. <laughs> yeah. So with the uh, with the sixteen flights from this last week, that puts my grand total at I believe four hundred and sixty seven flights. Still not wow. at five hundred, man. Nope. I was expecting you to be above 500 in the next couple of weeks. In the next couple of weeks? Well, that that should happen. Okay, there's your challenge by Let's see. Let's see if let's see if you can handle this. By the end of September, can you make it to 550? That would be 1 2 3 weekends and you know, I'm actually going to say yes, I will take that challenge because you guys remember in a couple weekends uh, we got a fun fly to go to. Well, at least some of us do. Oh, dude, so, oh, that's you know, right. You know what? You know what we're going to be doing at this fun fly. This is mm-hmm. a flying fun fly. This is a fun fly Heck to yeah. strictly fly. Don't remind me. I won't be going. With you. <laughs> so you know, I, I will take that challenge because in in two weekends I'll be sitting back in Othello, and I got nothing to do but fly. So should be getting in lots there. Yeah. Damn. So, uh, Justin, what, what what have you been up to?
Hey Nick, those custom charging cases you've been putting together lately are awesome, but what would I do if I thought that was all a little bit too far over my head? Ah oh man, I got you. You're going to want to head over to Progressive RC and check out their charging case combos. These bad boys are ready to go right out of the box. And if you change your mind and end up feeling a little bit adventurous, Progressive also has all the accessories needed to build one yourself. Sweet, man. I'm going to head over to www.progressiverc.com today to check out my options. I've been flying a little. A so little this this week, actually, I spent I spent most of my week this week getting the TDR ready to go. I installed all the components in it, had to do a couple of swaps because I wasn't exactly sure how I wanted to do the setup. I was originally going to put the the Scorpion 540 motor in it, and then I decided to go with the KDE 535. We had talked last week about the fact that between Nick and I, we have like a surplus of eight or ten motors, and so we always swap stuff back and forth, so... I gave him a couple of smaller motors that he needed for his smaller helis. He gave me a couple of bigger ones that he wasn't going to use anytime soon. So one of those was the KDE 5, 535 KV, which is the 700 XF. And uh, put that in the TDR, made the decision to go with that, got it all set up. Uh, you know, before I talk about flying the thing, this thing is so easy to work on, guys. It is, it's probably one of the simplest and lowest parts count helis for what it is that I've ever worked on. It's, it's literally like two or three minutes to remove the motor and change the pinion and get to the gears. Installation of the servos is not a pain in the butt. It's, it's just, it's so well thought out. And the fact that it's five years old. And then you look at how helis ha other heli brands have progressed in the last five years. This thing hasn't changed, and it's still better than most of the other brands out there. <laughs> so nice. it's it's really striking. It 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 does give you, or it gave me, the feeling that I'm I'm working on something pretty pretty special, pretty awesome. So that that's good to know. I mean, I, I at least feel justified in the purchase for having the Henslet experience on the bench. We got her all set up. And and again, this one got a Cosmic 200, regular Cosmic, not a cool, with the KDE 700XF 535 motor. And I've got rail 716s and rail 96s on the tail. And this was the stock TDR setup. I had mentioned that I had ordered some speed upgrades from Henselit. Those came in this week, but I'll talk about that in, in a minute. This Friday, which I guess is today, came along, and it's my day off of work every other week. I got the last couple of things figured out on the bench and headed out to the field where the weather was beautiful, but it was windy as hell. And we're talking like, I don't mind wind. We usually have wind around here, but this was like 20, 25 miles an hour constant and at like a 45 degree angle across the flight line <laughs> coming towards me. And no one likes heavy wind like that blowing in your face. 
not just because it's annoying and it dries your eyes out, but also because you got to make a lot of corrections on the heli so that it doesn't fly towards you or into you. Nonetheless, got out there with the TDR. I brought other helis, but I didn't fly any other helis. I ended up just spending the whole afternoon flying the TDR. I got to say, this heli is slippery as hell. I, I set it up at 1700, 1950, and 2100 on my three idle ups. And at 1700, first of all, it's super quiet and yet super powerful feeling at least because the thing comes in at a little over 11 pounds. Now, granted, yeah. I'm running, I, all I have nice. is 5,000 milliamp packs right now in 6S. So they're all like, yeah, you know, 1700, 1750 for the full 12S stick pack. That's a lot of weight. You throw it in the TDR and you're at 11 and a quarter, 11 and a third pounds. If I can get down to, say, a 4,500 or a 4,000, I think I can shave another half or three quarters of a pound off it. Kind of like what you're talking about on the seven HV Jesse, which was mm -hmm. why I was interested in your 3300s at had 11 and a quarter pounds at 1700. It moves. I mean, it it's three Dable. It has absolutely no issues with that. It's smooth. It's super quiet. And it's got a, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed if you've seen TDRs fly elsewhere. It's got a very unique sound to it. And I think that comes from the torque tube design, but I'm not sure. It's it's actually kind of got like a, I don't want to call it a, it's not a, a whine, but it's a, it's like a mechanical turbine type sound. It, it's pretty freaking sweet. So really? cranked hmm. it up to 1950, checked it out, you know, and I, I mean, I'm not, I didn't go straight into speed stuff yet. I needed to make sure that mechanically everything was going fine, you know, so I was just doing some smooth, slow 3D stuff, nothing crazy. And then eventually got up the guts to go to the full 2100, which everyone's thinking, oh, 2100 compared to 26 on the Goblin. Well, let me tell you, it makes a big difference when the thing weighs like three pounds less than the Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at 21, not only does it sound awesome and like a typical speed heli, and Nick, you can attest to that because I think you may have actually been on the phone while I was flying one or two. <laughs> sitting flights. there talking to him, and all of a sudden I hear, awesome, like, what? <laughs> are you flying while talking? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm good. And then he'd like kind of halfway pay attention, so I'd <laughs> wait. <laughs> well, you know, I was putt putting around at the time, but yeah, so, uh, you know, it feels very, very natural in speed type stuff. Now, you know, unfortunately with the wind, the way it was even opening it up wide, which I, I had it at 15 degrees of pitch and 2100. Uh, it, it was fighting the wind given how light it was, hmm. but in the direction going with the wind, it makes a big freaking difference. And like I said, it is slippery. It moves quick. It's, it's quiet. Uh, I instantly felt comfortable with it. And so I started messing around with my new speed maneuver, which is the, the half reverse Cuban eight, which uh, 
is an alternative for a standard stall turn where instead of going up and doing a stall turn and wasting all of that battery time uh, while it hangs there knife edge and drops back in, this one is kind of like a shallow climb out of one run. And then when you get to the top, you basically pull a half aileron roll to inverted and then pull up and the heli comes around the bottom of a loop and back into the next run in the other direction. Hmm. So I spent most of the day practicing that maneuver and, and just generally having fun. And so not, so it, you said it saves a little bit of battery, but do you notice that you, you reach higher speeds? Does it just, are there other advantages to that? Well, you can get, you can get, similarly high speeds as dropping into a run for Mm -hmm. less altitude okay because you're coming out of the last run and instead of coming all the way to a stop right at the the top of the stall turn and accelerating back down uh through the the fall into the next line you're converting a lot of the energy that you already have in the heli from the last run uh into the reverse half Cuban eight. Yep. So it doesn't slow down and it, gotcha. it gets moving pretty quick. I'm loving it. I love this helicopter. Uh, I, I don't see myself uh, <laughs> getting rid of it anytime soon. It, it really, I think is going to fit the bill exactly the way I wanted it to be a nice, low head speed 12s speed trainer beautiful light lots of upgrades i can still mess with i've got a a new motor mount with the heat sink integral into it uh coming from rob mcquillan he he does custom designs and stuff like that so that'll be coming in the next couple of days here i'm going to do some motor swaps uh because i got a feel for how the kde works I want to try out uh, a Scorpion equivalent, which would be the 4535-40. That's the one I was running in the Goblin uh, back when I was doing the review on 12S. And then the next step will be installing some of the speed gear. So I, I got that from Henselit today in the mail. Uh, for those who've been asking me on email and Facebook, the order time actually wasn't too bad. It took about 12 days. From the time I placed the order to the time I got it, most of that being taken up in customs, and I got the speed canopy. So this thing's actually I was I was pretty impressed. It's the 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 stock TDR canopy is already pretty slim, and then you look at the speed canopy and it cuts another inch and a half or two in width out of it. It it doesn't it blows my mind that the thing actually fits around the helicopter. So when you look at it, and I think I sent you guys some photos today, when, Dude, when you look at ridiculous. it, yeah, it is really tiny, man. No wonder people are saying it adds like 10 or 15 miles an hour to the heli. So I didn't get to try that today just because I was having so much fun in the stock condition, but I think I'm going to either send that out to sick or insane canopy and get some nice custom paint jobs going on it. And in another month or two or so, we'll get that back and get it on the heli and get it going. That's uh, awesome. That's, that's kind of been my week. I am up to 295 flights. Five away. 
from the wow. big 300. I think I'm going to even sustain from the jokes about your flight count this mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Why? Because it's so crappy? Um, I just don't feel like there's, I don't know, feel like it's beating a dead horse. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. That's awesome. I mean, you, well, no, you really I, don't want to kick someone when they're down, you know? Exactly. Oh, I'm used I to it. I feel like it's okay. at this point, it, no, but I feel like at this point, I'm going to, I have beaten you down enough to where I think now I want to build you back up. <laughs> <laughs> Notice you're this piece of clay right now. Oh, and I'm, I see. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I pounded on you and now you are. Just you're you're getting to that point now where there's nothing left. You're defeated, and so now we're going to build you back up. All right, I'll take it. You okay. notice I'm 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 pretty good at taking that stuff. I've got. I, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to feel guilty. I dare that. say <laughs> that if you guys were beat on as much as I am regularly, you probably would just start to get really pissy. But it's okay. I think that's probably fair. Yeah, that's uh, that's the end of my week. Next week is going to be, well, this weekend, actually. Hopefully, I'll get more flying in. And then it will also be consumed with getting the Diablo built. I basically, you know, I wanted to focus on getting one thing in the air at a time. So now that I know the TDR is up and running and I've got all the parts for the Diablo, the third Cosmic came in. That guy is going to get built up. I'm going to target a maiden for the following weekend. We'll see whether that happens. But what that also means is now that I've got at least one speed heli flying, I can chop the tail boom off of my goblin speed and take the time to get the version two fuselage installed and check it out structurally and do all that stuff. Whack away, Jim. Whack away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to get a huge angle grinder and just cut the damn thing right <laughs> off. Maybe I should video it. I think you should. Yeah, definitely. It's like dremeling through a $100 bill. Yep. It's, it's all for a good cause. cutting up a perfectly good blade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that? Uh, we'll get, about we'll that. that. Um, yeah. Did you get the memo? I did. Yeah, we got it. Okay. We better do some news. I think we should do some news. Don't mess it up. Am I going to do it or are you going to do it? Oh, absolutely. You have to. Okay. Now, here's the deal. I will only do it if you tell me afterwards where I screwed up if it's not perfect. Otherwise, I'm out. Fair enough. You ready? Okay. Who's listening to their customers? KDE is listening to their customers. Their new G3 line of motors are exactly what you asked for. Want a lightweight motor with no sacrifice in power? The 700XF535 is what you're after. Want unboggable power on 12 or 14S? Slap in a 700XF455 motor for insane amounts of power. There's even the new XF Multirotor Series motors for when precision and quality are a must. Stop by www.kdedirect.com and pick out your new G3 Series motor.
This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Nailed it. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Nice work, dude. Yeah. All right. Great. What do we have, Nick? <laughs> uh, all right. So let's see. We have got... Um, this is pretty cool. I'm going to put a link up in the show notes here. Uh, for those of you Spartan pilots with the VX-1E, uh, there were some USB connectivity issues uh, with it um, clearing out settings upon removal of the USB cord. A little frustrating there. Uh, there were some temp fixes, but the good news is that Angelos has got the update up on Spartan RC's website. So look for the link in the show notes. If you're running a VX20, definitely get over there. Get this update put in. Uh, there's a little description on how to do the update process. Super easy. Not a big deal. Yay. All of those problems are gone because I have had that happen, and I know how frustrating that can be. So I think rather than hog the news to myself, we're going to spread it out. Dan's not here. I know Dan's always the big news guy. You know, he comes just loaded with it <laughs> every time. But we're going to take this opportunity to spread it out. <laughs> I know Jesse. Jesse, you've well, got some news for me. Yeah, I'm just I'm really disappointed because you know if Dan would have been here, he definitely would have been bringing this to the table um, for all of us to hear. But I guess you know since he's not, I, I guess I'll pick up the slack. But it looks like Align has some new multi rotors. Um, they posted up some pictures and a spec sheet on their Facebook page, and it looks like we have the 480L and the 690L. So the 480L is a quadcopter, the 4, and then the 80 stands for 800 millimeters, and then the 690 is a hexacopter, and I'm going to assume 900 millimeters, even though it doesn't explicitly say that in what I'm looking at here. Not sure what else to say about them. It looks like they got some optional equipment here, some gimbals coming out as an integrated flight control stability system, some cool plastic covers to go over them. I got some stuff to say about them. Let's, I mean, what? Well, for one, it looks very Sky Hero ish. Well, of course. Not surprising because we're, that, yeah, we're that. talking about a line here. I just, yeah, I wanted to point it out. For two, I got to give them props for this. No pun intended. The blades oh, wow. have blades. That was a huge pun. Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> that was actually a. I have to pause to give you credit for a great uh, pun because I didn't even see that one coming at all. <laughs> Dude, they have blade holders for their foldable props. I mean, that's that is just a line style. That's their equivalent yep. to the shapely frame stiffener right there. I mean, who stiffer. else would stiffer? stiffer yeah. You're right. Stiffer. Shapely frame stiffer. <laughs> they, they have four little foam blade holders for that M480L quad. And I got to say, I think that's pretty freaking cool. So foldable props. I, I'm not feeling the whole paint job on the, the quad because I feel like they kind of tried to make it look like a heli with a windscreen yeah but that windscreen kind of looks like a bent arrow the, the 690 looks better the 690 definitely looks yeah. better yeah the 690 looks good i'm so i'm not 100 percent sure but how did the uh 
prices compare. So it looks like fifteen ninety nine for the four eighty L and seventeen ninety nine for the six ninety L. But what comes with? Because so, so they're both the pictures I, we're looking at are called super combos. Yeah. So Jesse. I'm I'm guessing. Yeah. So if in that super combo, I'm guessing motors, props, flight control unit, and the airframe itself. And then it says optional equipment. There are gimbals yep. and a an on-screen display video. and vid- video digital transmitter, which is probably your video downlink. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're going to turn out to be good because most of what a line does nowadays is good. They're not innovative we'll, because they basically sit back and wait for everyone else to man, make I mistakes just, and then take their design. But that gets you a pretty solid product if you can get past the philosophy. Yeah, the, uh, that's, I, I actually completely agree. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm still I'm still hung up on the let's put a thousand thousands of thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment underneath an aligned multi-rotor but you know i we're, we're definitely gonna have to wait for some user some user reviews on this have one. you seen any other pictures any guys? align electronics so if you go to if you go this is a link to their facebook page and it shows those two main featured models but mm-hmm. if you go over to the photos section Yep. And you click on the photos, it's got some details of the actual design itself. So it looks like it has uh, like a, a a snap-in battery mounting tray, and the ESCs have gold bullet connectors rated for 100 amps with an anti-spark system. What else does it say here? A quick-release battery mounting plate and rail. Double decker battery mounting plate. It'll hold up to a thirteen thousand milliamp hour pack. That's a big freaking battery. Yeah, it is. Intelligent power control unit acts as the centerpiece for power and signal management, distribution, and control. Let's see. Wow. Yeah, this is it's pretty impressive, man. I mean, they've got it all thought through here well i guess we'll have to see how it we will see out. yeah it's got lights on the on the motor boom things and then they're foldable with a quick folding knob i want a quick folding knob <laughs> <laughs> never mm. mind yeah, and go. Yeah, yep. and go. Yeah. All right, moving on. Well, that, that's all that, I got. That one was easy to see coming, by the yeah. way. Yep. Justin, news. I know. Yes, you have sir. Some. I do have some news. All right, we've been talking a lot about Gowie in the last what couple of months here. A lot of talk at Urcha about Gowie. We even got. Our our man uh, Bobby Watts behind the mic on one of our Urcha shows to talk a little bit, and there's still no shortage of Gowie news. This one is a video trailer with Gowie team pilot Alvin Chai talking about the Gowie NX7, and this is you know nothing crazy, but it's a it's a well done video. It's got 
a good mix of flying the the NX7 and then Alvin talking about the heli up on a stand in the pits, talking about some of the features, uh, good video quality. I think it looks like all of the video was taken at Urcha. Uh, And, you know, I got to tell you, man, I just sold my nitro engine and you're right, Nick, I am fuelless right now. But I said this when we first saw the announcement for the NX7, and I still stand by it now, a few months later. If I'm going to get a Nitro anytime soon, it's going to be this heli. Because I just like the look of it. And I haven't owned a Gowie before, but I think I'm ready to give it a try. I mean, everyone else is loving them. This thing looks freaking cool. The canopy's badass. I don't know. What what do you guys think? It, it is it's gonna be a tough one. I mean the the N seven has got the bar set, I believe, really high. And, and I just I don't know, dude. For for them to pull it off, it's it's gonna have to be fantastic. I mean the the oh, X seven's yeah. a good helicopter. There's no question that the X7 is a good heli. I'm actually kind of a little shocked that I haven't owned one yet. Well, you know, have have you looked at the NX7, though, and compared its design and features with some of the other workhorse nitros, like the Align 700 Nitro? Everyone knows that one. The NX7 yeah. is a freaking amazing heli as well. Are you guys seeing stuff on the NX7 that looks wrong? non-ideal i mean this is their first big fuel heli out of gowie in this generation and i i gotta tell you it looks pretty damn solid i don't think this was a take an x7 and find a way to cram a nitro engine into it without changing parts Uh, it looks like a good solid design it does but when you have a seven uh you know a 700 electric class model that has a good reputation, that means in theory that you can kind of pass up some of the growing pains that a newer model will have, a.k.a., you know, tail slider, tail crank, tail grips, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Isn't All the quality not have control sort of, stuff from the beginning yeah, runs. Head problems, one-way bearing problem, you know, that sort of a thing. Yeah. In theory, you've shaken all those bugs out, which just reduces you down to the actual nitro mechanics portion of it, which, I mean, that's a really big advantage. And I think that's that's why, you know, Matt did such a fantastic job with the N7. I mean, he, he got his feet wet with a very successful, you know, with the N5C. But then he's been working through electric model after electric model to really get the rest of the helicopter kind of dialed in. Then he just had to come back and focus on the nitro portion of it. And, and it shows because it's, you know, it's an awesome heli. So, uh, it, dude, I'm with you. Like, it looks freaking sweet. It really does. It does. I, lo- I love the look of it. I'm curious about the weight, though. Jesse, what does the N7 come in at in terms of weight? My heli right now, as it sits, so with no, no RX pack and no canopy and dry is just under nine pounds and then completely ready to fly is 10.8 and that's with the canopy 
with the 4,000 milliamp hour. That's the, the whole deal. The entire heli. With fuel? With, with fuel? fuel. Yep. And then so at the end of the flight, it's coming down at 9.9. 9. 9.9. 9. That's the and one where, that And I see can... where I'm generally flying. See, I guess the, the advantage that I, I kind of capitalize on is I don't really use a canopy all that much. but So it's it's even lighter for me. But yeah, so 9.9, .9, ready to fly, dry. Not bad. I'd still say that's average. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's average. I mean, I've had one of my T-Rexes at the at the nine and a half mark dry, you know, ready to fly, mm -hmm. but dry. Um, yeah, but that's with, you know, like a little bit of work, 1600 right. <laughs> or an 1800 milliamp pack on it. Now yeah. I had one that was 9.3 pounds dry, but that was with the carbon fiber front tray and dude, it was so lightened. It wasn't even funny. Um, flew badass, but uh, <laughs> didn't crash so well. <laughs> like that <laughs> but no i i think it's yeah i think it's about average i'll be curious traditionally speaking nothing that gowie has put out has been lightweight how about that yep i don't think they've come out with a helicopter that was lightly disclosed by nature i hope it is greed well because the canopy shape is oh, awesome yes it is Next, last week we talked about the MKS HV93 micro coreless servo. And this week we get to talk about, and that was a cyclic, remember. This week we get to talk about the HV93i, which is the tail servo version. Just nice. like the regular 93 cyclic. This thing is an absolute powerhouse for a micro. We're talking at 8.4 volts, over two and a half kilograms of torque, and the speed is 0 0.031. So smoking <laughs> fast, man. I, I mean, that's yeah, that's just crazy. All metal again, like the 93 coreless. So you're gonna get. Uh, uh, a lot of life out of them. And I don't yet know what the price is, but I suspect that they're going to be reasonable, uh, especially in comparison to similar brushless servos. So look for those. I think they're going to be out on the market probably in the next few weeks. I'd imagine by the end of September, early October for you to buy. Nice. All right. I have one last one. I don't think there's really a news of the week this week, but I think this one's pretty cool. Uh, a little bit of a sale going on. So the guys over at Rev Electrics, uh, thank you again for everyone over there for supporting the show. We do really appreciate that. They've got they're they're kind of giving our listeners a little bit of a feature sale just for us, and we like being special because we are <laughs> special. Ed, <laughs> uh, so you get. <laughs> Dude, that was way uh, delayed. Come uh, on. Oh, man. So anyway, you can head over to the Rev Electrics USA or the Rev Electrics Singapore site. And when you place an order for either the CellPro Dual Power Lab, just the charger, or uh, the Dual Power Lab combo, you know, with any of the combo. They've got combos with 
uh, with you know certain balance things on it, mm-hmm. certain charge leads, yep. uh, the multi boards, whatever. Basically, you want to get a dual power lab. Now's the time to do it. Head over there and enter the code RCHN dash 2014 and the coupon field, and you'll get an extra 10% off. So thank you very much, uh, Rev Electrics, for offering that to all of our listeners. We do appreciate it for what is still to date my favorite charger. I, Dude, I love the shit out of this charger. Mine too. I love <laughs> it. Absolutely love it. It's just a monster, and it it tickles my nerd side too. So, uh, yeah, if you were on the fence about getting one, now is the time to do that. Now, we also had one more kind of cool discount code, um, and that was from uh, Courtney at Flightline Clothing, correct? That's right. Through Rotary Wing RC. Through the cash wells, you can okay. get 20% off all of Courtney's RC Flightline stuff for the month of September, RCHN listeners only, by typing in RCHN20 at checkout. Sweet, dude. Awesome. Yeah. I think that. Thank you, Courtney. That about wraps up the news. It, you want? Would you like to take us out, Justin? I will give it a try. This week's news was brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So, Dan, you know how I've been taste testing a lot of different helis lately. Well, I think it's about time to try out a new flavor. I'm wondering if you've got any suggestions for me as to what to look at next. Dude, did you not read Nick's review? on the Blade 700X. Man, you've got to head over to Blade Helicopters and check out their new Pro Series helis. Oh man, you're right. That 700X looks like it's just the ticket. Well, I'm off to www.bladehelis.com to check out my next flavor. Two for two. Ooh, I am on a I, roll I am, here. I'm gonna do it I again am, just to just to <laughs> sort of gloat. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, you're not. No. I'm hey, not. guess what, guys? What? what? Duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the ground. <laughs> because uh incoming shrapnels and debris or carbon fiber, you know. Or anything. <laughs> Yeah, hit the deck. Man, explosions have been the topic of the week. If we did not talk about this, we would not be doing our job. So, um, wow, if you guys haven't caught up on what's going on, there was a little bit, there was a video posted up. Um, Tyler Benson, I do believe, was the pilot flying Mm -hmm. a Gowie X7, some 700 millimeter or 710. I'm not sure. I think they were the 700s. I think I believe the 700 red tip spin blades mm-hmm. um, in this video. I, I don't really know. There was a little bit of battle back and forth on what really happened, but I think very shortly uh, people gave up on the fact. It was quite obvious that uh, this was a blade failure in the air. Looks that way to me. I'm not going to 
really see it any other way. <laughs> um, the blade ejected a good, uh, and by the way, this is a thread up on Heli Freak. If you haven't seen it, uh, we do have a link to that in the show notes. If you kind of want to follow along, some uh, yeah, wow. I mean, this thing shot. He kind of came in, did a little bit, of, uh, did an overspeed, and then dug back into the collective and just boom, blade shot. 50 to 60 yards. And, and literally, boom. Like, did you guys hear that uh, sound? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and here's one of the cooler things. It snapped the main shaft. Oh. I mean, snapped it clean off, O-F-F, off. So Dang. that kind of gives you an idea what happens when something goes out of balance that fast. And that It really bad, does. Yeah. That bad. It just eats itself. You know, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys, uh, this thread is just, it's probably one of the cooler threads that I've read in a long time on any forum, uh, ours, Heli Freak, Run Rider, any of them out there, because it starts off a little bit emotional, and then then some some really cool people end up stepping in with a, a little bit more scientific stuff, mm-hmm. and data. That's what, that's what we like. We're data people here. It's fun to joke. It's fun to make opinions, and create news but at the end of the day uh you know we all work in technical fields and there was a couple people that actually dissected some (laughs) blades one guy even cut up some perfectly good blades to show uh cross sections profiles of them uh what uh, like what the internals of the root area and the blade hole area were made out of wow guy i I guess I had, I've only seen this happen once personally. Um, this exact failure? This, this, well, okay. So let's, Not, let's go, what was the failure? The failure on this one was the blade, the root of the blade down at the bottom where the bolt hole is, sheared right there. Just I mean, split basically, right in half through the, the blade hole. split. Through the hole. Yep. Yep. Like when you see all the pictures of the guys who chucked a tail blade, had that, that's what happens. It separates right where the bolt hole is. Yep. All of it goes that way. And there's like half a hole left or, you know, like in this case, the the little, um, I can't remember. Did this one, was the brass spacers or wash or spacer still in there or was it gone? I think it was gone. It fell out, but basically you know, draw a vertical line up and down from the little brass sleeve that's in there. Mm-hmm. And that's what where this sheared at. I have seen it once. Not uh, uh, It was not a spin blade. It was a Maverick. And it broke uh, more towards, uh, I would say, about an inch, I think. Oh, that's right. Down the blade. Uh, down the blade. Still in the same root area. But this thing just flat out exploded in flight at an RPM. And I remember this specifically. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> at a, well, no, wait a minute. Oh, dude, I will almost put out wrong information. That was on his nitro, wasn't it? We're talking about Fortin, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was his nitro. Yeah. It was his nitro yeah. that he re-kitted. So I would be guessing knowing how uh, 2200-ish. Right around there, maybe 21, he ran that nitro really hot. I mean, it's hot. At any rate, just chucked a blade, loudest sound I've ever heard. 
come out of a helicopter in flight, totally just instantly ate itself in the air and was re-kit. So I know, I mean, I, the reason I'm relaying that story is I've seen it in person. I've seen how scary it is and what could potentially be the safety issue come out of this. I mean, I'm kind of curious. What do you guys think about this? I mean, do you think that this could be an issue with other blades? Is this a problem with some of the newer maneuvers? You know, the guy, the whole McDougal thing. The year of the overspeed. (laughs) It is the year of the overspeed. Absolutely. You've got the McDougals and the Merc Dougals. The Merc Dougals. (laughs) Yeah. And for, okay. I get, let me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's back up for those of you going, what? The hell is a McDougal? A McDougal is a maneuver that uh, Bert actually came up with the name, and it was—I think it was kind of a, a a signature move of Bert. Basically, it's a massive dive, kind of a, a a straight down dive that you do in knife edge orientation, nose down. About the last thirty feet, you level the helicopter out and pull full negative. So you're now driving the heli down at full collective. Instantly before you hit the ground, you go zero pitch and then kind of pop it back just enough to catch it. What that causes is a <laughs> tremendous overspeed. Um, same, I don't think... Same principles like an auto. You yeah. know, you're, it's same exactly. You're, using, exactly. you're converting all that forward speed or downward speed into head speed when you roll into that. Yep. The one-way bearing actually will unlock... And so we, I mean, that's how fast we're talking. Some of the audio analysis on these videos, uh, we're talking 700 class here, well over 3,000 RPM yep. on the head speed. Uh, yep. Burt's have been in the 3,000, 3,100 range. Where the Merck Dougal came from <laughs> is Mirko Cessna, right? Yeah. I think that's how fly you do Yep who flies for Mikado does them except he actually, Justin, I think it's a, a semi variant of your Cuban power deal, your Cuban power loop or whatever you want to call it. Oh yeah. The reverse half Cuban eight. He does that to get it started. So he actually, (laughs) his have been up in the 36 100 rpm range on now, 700 blades guys that on is 700 blades. crazy that is nuts okay but so they call those the merc dougal i will tell you right now no one has successfully done a merc dougal on any to that i know and, and again this is just that i've heard of on any other helicopter other than the logo 700 reason being the logo 700 runs uh, memory serves me right. Eight millimeter spindle bolts. That's the key it's here. Big. You will, and I mean will, explode a helicopter that does not have a beefy enough head, spindle, spindle bolt, grip, <laughs> etc. Just keep going down the line. Everything. Yeah, just keep working the, backwards from there. Yeah, the forces... <laughs> And I think that's where this whole blade thing came up is it's like the forces that are going on in there are tremendous. And is it fair or unfair to expect 
any of the current blades on the market to be able to handle, you know, over a thousand RPM higher than the manufacturers are rating the blades for. Yeah, they're upper so rating. Like, they're highest recommended. <laughs> yeah, because like in this case, the spin blades, they had a, you know, they come with a, a, a little thing in the box that says max RPM is 2300. But then, so you're saying, okay, well, is that a technicality? But go, you know, watch any of Duncan Duncan's flights. And they're coming out above 2,300 numerous times throughout the flight. So, yeah. I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about all this? I think, well, first of all, I think it sucks that this happened to this guy and that it's turned into a big shit fest on the forums. And again, for the listeners that haven't read the thread, definitely go through. There's some educational stuff. And there's some political stuff and some funny <laughs> stuff. I mean, it's just a whole mix of emotions all in one, which, uh, you know, which keeps it entertaining. The, you know, from an, from an engineering standpoint, I look at this and I say there's, there is always quality control that comes into this kind of stuff, right? So... What's the chance that I'm going to get a set of blades that just can't handle high loads within the range of what the manufacturer has specified? Say 2300, right? That's what it said in the package, Nick, right? Mm -hmm. But yep. these guys have to be derating their products, which means hopefully, okay, I'm saying hopefully, I, I have no background on whether they've done this hopefully they've tested it to greater than 2300 <laughs> successfully that way when they go to the consumer and they say this is rated for 2300 max they know that there's still a lot of design margin in the blades such that even if people run at 2300 and beat the crap out of them they're not going to come apart now, in the case of Tyler's explosion, I think someone did audio analysis and claims to have measured that about a third of a second prior to the blade coming apart, it hit 27, I want to say it's a 27 or 2800 RPM. Again, uh, well over the manufacturer recommended head speed, but... If it was derated from, say, 25 or 2600 RPM, then for less than a second, that probably shouldn't have been an issue. So in my mind, then we got to look at, OK, well, what's wrong with that set of blades? That kind of failure doesn't just happen. And when you, you look at I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the thread and I think it's page four on the thread. And it is post number 63. And it shows in high resolution photo detail the failure. Like we talked about it, it basically fractured halfway through the bolt hole. That, that looks to me like there was already a latent defect. And he got unlucky. Okay. Should he have been flying at that hard and with those speeds? No, probably not. But generally speaking, it's it's probably reasonable to expect nowadays that 
the state of the art blade technology can handle those kinds of overspeeds for less than a second, uh, you know, very transient time period. I got to believe there's there's a quality control issue here. And when you look But if you go back mm, down go down farther to those the, those the profile cutaways where the guy did uh what did he do? Mm-hmm. He did uh the, the, the rails blade, the rails and the uh, SABs. SABs. Yes. Yeah, the older SABs, like the ori- the the more original ones that first came out with the Goblin. And it is blatantly obvious that the spin blade has the least amount of carbon fiber reinforcement around the foam core. Yeah. But I mean, yep, you're right. You're absolutely correct. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm, I, I don't necessarily disagree because when you do look at the photos, it's damn obvious. But those cross sections are done long or further out further outboard down the length of the blade and not at the root. So by that alone, I'm not sure I'm willing to judge whether those blades are acceptable or not. Would I like to see more meat on them? Yeah, absolutely. But without actually doing the testing, I'm not sure any of us can say whether the amount of carbon fiber thickness on yeah. the rails or the or the SABs is what's necessary to be safe. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, That's fair. I, I want to know what the roots look like. And well, there were yeah. some people that by- did root cuts, right? Yep. And they were, I found it unique that they used, instead of using a, a carbon fiber, it was a combination of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, a combination of epoxy and Kevlar. I'm not sure on the Kevlar. I do know, obviously, there's epoxy in there. On, on page five, post 88, you look at someone who then took a set of spin blade 710s and chopped them all to bits, split them down the, the length of the blade so that you could open it up and see the the core inside, and then actually chopped at the root, chopped it across the bolt hole, just in the same way as uh, Tyler's blades failed. And and what he found and, and pointed out here in his post is that the root itself, first of all, there's no safety wire, which let we're going to talk about that in a few minutes yeah. here. There's no safety wire, but but beyond that, the root appears to be basically all uh, epoxy with a little tiny bit of carbon fiber along the edges, but it doesn't look like there's any other composite in between. So for those of you guys who don't know a lot about composites, epoxy is a crappy structural material. It's almost worthless. Uh, under even moderate loads, unless it is in a composite matrix. And what I mean by that is, unless it is strengthened and reinforced by Kevlar, carbon fiber, fiberglass cloth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's brittle. Impregnated. That's where that term, impregnated. Impregnated, yes. Yep. It, otherwise, it's brittle. Uh, it's generally soft, and it is not impact or shock resistant. And 
So when you look at how this particular blade is constructed, when he chopped the root open, it's not a surprise that uh, it failed the way it did. Now, did, was it was it a failure based on there just being epoxy there? No, there probably was a latent defect. There probably was a hairline fracture, or maybe it had been cracked or you know smacked hard in a previous flight or in the car, you know, in the garage, whatever. It doesn't take a lot when you have brittle material like this that's susceptible to fracture type failures. And then all it took yeah. was that overspeed and boom, gone. You know, I you, would I would be okay with uh yeah, I mean you can look in the, and say like you said, okay, this is obvious in my opinion, you know, Nick looking at them I say this is structurally inferior to the other blades that were cut apart. I mean, that's my opinion. But like you said, that it does that doesn't necessarily make it not enough, right? Mm-hmm. The problem mm-hmm. is, is that once this got brought up, there were other people that poked their heads in and was like, yeah, I had a set of this size explode. Oh, yeah, I had a set of this size explode. So it kind of surfaced apparently a problem that they have had that has just been kind of under wraps. Yeah, it never, um, it never got this much exposure. Absolutely. Then, now this is where it gets juicy. Or, yeah, this is where it yeah. really gets juicy and dirty. And, and now we're going to switch over to speculation, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is opinion, rumor. I want to make that very clear. We're dividing the conversation at this point. Um, there were some people that uh, commented and said that they had heard from the owner that Duncan flies the blades that he has are not the same blades that you buy right out of the box. Hmm. But yet, <laughs> everyone else is under the impression that they are. I don't know if that's true or not. Some people said Yes, that is true. I've heard that as well. There's some people commented and said, yeah, I actually heard from someone that flew with him that said he swapped him out every 15 to 20 flights, regardless Reg- of whether he crashed or not. Wow. Um, you know, but there were also one of the spin blades uh, uh, team reps, I think, in the U.S. popped in and said, no, that's not true. He flies the same out-of-the-box blades that everyone else does. I, I don't know. I mean, who knows if that's true or not? But boy, that sure doesn't. I don't even like that rumor. You know what I mean? Well, just just the fact that that's out there has to bring up that that right there. It, you know, it, let's just say if that is true, that has to raise a red flag immediately, because then all of a sudden that's almost like them admitting that in order for them to be flown at that level or you know that hard with that amount of head speed. There is something extra that needs to be done above and beyond the off-the-shelf consumer blade, and and you yeah. know that is them admitting that if, if that is what's taking place. And that's where I think the safety thing comes into it because yeah. people, you know, oh look at how Duncan flies, look at how hard he flies, look at this and that. These I am going to assume, and I don't think this is a unfair. That assumption. Should, yeah, that should be a fine assumption, but that I can, if those are the blades that he flies, I can go. 
to wherever I can buy those blades. I can put them on my helicopter and they are going to stay together within reason. Obviously, every product, this is still hobby grade stuff at the end of the day. You're going to have defects and failures. Mm -hmm. That's a given. I'm not talking about random cases. But I want to know that I'm buying the same thing that I'm seeing him fly. It seems like it seems like a weird thing to for someone to make up. You know what I mean? Uh, the only situation that I could think of that, that information could be semi-true but skewed is that if Duncan was beta testing or alpha testing new blades that Spin Blades was working on. Cuz let's be honest, that could be that's very feasible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He could be flying different blades, you know, some beta version. Well, and yeah. this isn't the first time this has happened. So if if Spin Blades is aware of it, they may be trying to fix it and he's testing out new blades. I I I'm to to me personally, it's neither here no nor there whether he's flying different blades than we're flying. Uh what what's important is Spin Blades has an an issue. Okay, and they need Mm -hmm. to resolve that. They need to fix it. Now, whether that means recalling the blades or asking people who are flying them to look for a certain thing uh, or replacing blades. I mean, you know, it's it's one thing if we're talking about a non-critical part of the heli that doesn't pose a significant safety risk. But when blades let go, shit goes bad really (laughs) quick. Oh yep. man! I mean, they're instantly. It's it's yeah. I mean, if you look at post eleven on page one of this thread, there's a guy who actually has photos of two other issues with smaller spin blades. One is the beginning of the same type of failure, the split transverse across the bolt hole. And then the result of that same failure happening on a completely different heli on a Gowie X3 where the thing's just completely torn apart. This is a problem. This looks like a a design flaw uh, that on certain blades that maybe have, you know, lower quality control or process drift, this pops up and becomes an issue. And let's face it. We're talking about a composite part here. This is not an assembly Mm -hmm. line, guys. No matter how much you want to think about it, you don't take a piece of carbon fiber and stick it in a CNC mill and it goes and spits out 50,000 of these exactly the same each time with intolerance. These are probably hand laid up in a single mold by only a couple of people that know how to do it. And then they they do have quality control checks, but sometimes you miss it, you know, just like any other industry. I look at it like this is they are of different design than the rest. Uh, A design that up until let's just say maybe a year ago uh, technically worked, but Every year, this hobby progresses, and people push harder, and the motors get more powerful, and the head speeds get higher, and the maneuvers get more demanding. Mm -hmm. This strikes me as 
a design that is not strong enough for current standards. It was strong enough for old standards, but it's not strong enough for the for the current ones. I mean, yeah, you look at that cross section of the rail blade. I mean, I am highly impressed with that. There is a ton of carbon fiber in that blade. And it just... Well, hold on a sec. I mean, mean, the the cross-section of the rail blade, though, it's got a safety wire. That's the most important part. But that big blob of black stuff, that's not all carbon fiber. That's epoxy. Oh, okay. Sorry, my fault. Well, okay. Let me rephrase that. Not carbon fiber. The amount... The... That blade out of all of them has the least amount of what is that? Is it like a styrofoam foam? Yeah, foam they core. usually use a foam core just to keep it light. It has the least amount of foam, whereas the spin blade has by far the most amount mm-hmm. of foam throughout the blade and the thinnest shell on the outside. Yep, that's true. But again, it didn't fail on the shell. It didn't fail on the the air the yeah. airfoil. It failed on mm-hmm. the root. And so I think it's their root design that's a problem. I, yeah. I'm not sure that it's their uh, their airfoil design. And in fact, looking at the way they laid that up, it looks a whole hell of a lot more efficient. Because if you look at the SAB or the rail blades, the thickness that they've got on there unless that's multiple layers of carbon fiber and fiberglass and gel coat, then that's a lot of freaking resin. And that is not a very efficient layup process. So, you know, the spins, the spins are on the right path from an optimization standpoint, but maybe they're too far on the other side of the pendulum, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of doesn't matter what rail or radix or cyclone or helix or any of those other guys are doing inside their blades because they're not having the ones that are blown up. They, they don't have the explodey (laughs) blades. So we can criticize what it looks like all we want, but there should no break. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I think it's unfortunate. Uh, I think it's going to be a big, I personally think it's going to be a, a, big turning point uh for spin and how they handle this i don't yeah. think they're hosed yet uh, this is you know it's gotten pretty big it's been a big eye opener for materials and blade and standards and y- you know i don't care what you rate it people are gonna spin it and if it breaks they're not gonna buy it that's the unfortunate yeah, that's the- <laughs> brutal part of this hobby is that you can put a sticker in the box that says well they're only good for 23 and then throw your hands up and say hey you spun them at 26 and they broke not my problem but you're not going to sell shit yeah you know and and that's true is it fair no but it's reality you know like even even matt had made a comment you know what are your blades rated to i don't know i don't really have an rpm rating on them but they fly them in the speed cup. They're not yeah. coming apart. So don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, true. You know, and so, but I think that this, this is a good opportunity. It's an opportunity for a, Hey, spin blades could come out with a new set of blades. Um, 
if they do come out with a new set of blades, pretty darn good chance they're probably not going to have this problem. I yeah. sure hope not. <laughs> so, it, I mean, if they recognize the problem, if they deal with it quickly and efficiently, I think it could potentially benefit them. I'll tell you, though, um, they got to get on that forum quick and shut oh, some yeah. stuff down because they're eight or nine pages into that thread and it keeps going and they haven't said anything. I mean, they're completely silent. Yeah, and it can't be this whole, uh, yeah, this, uh, they better not pull some, I hate to say that, but some bullshit castle response. Well, we're looking into this and blah, 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 and, and play dumb. Just say, you know what, guys? We completely see what's going on. Uh, we hear you. We are working on remedying the problem. And that's it. That's all I got to say. And people will be like, eh. well, I would anyway. I'd be like, well, good. Good for you guys for listening. Yep. Don't come in here and try and deny something. I think there's enough evidence at this point that things aren't looking that great <laughs> for them. Yep. I don't know. Safety, safety, though. Number one, uh, in my yeah. opinion, the big lesson, you want to work on uh, McDougal's or, you know, entertain yourself with a McDougal. <laughs> Safe distances, guys. These are oh, hardcore yeah. maneuvers putting, uh, I mean, almost beyond what the models are capable of. It's a miracle every time you come out of one and it's not exploded. Um. I'm not even going to say that the pros doing it up close is all that smart. They do know their models better than anyone else, but, you know, we got to be smart. It only takes one. You cannot eliminate all risk. That's right. They are toys, and they do break. Yep. So just, you know, be safe, be reasonable. We all like to have fun and push the limit, but you kind of got to be, uh, be smart about it. Yeah. Wow. BK Servos offer a value not yet seen in the industry. For less than $100, you get a super fast servo with plenty of torque. Lightweight, compact, and unique CNC design with excellent centering. There is just nothing on the market like this today. So if you want to experience great value and industry-leading support, head over to www.bkservo.com. Check them out. So, hey, Justin. Yeah. You had, you got an email. I did get an email from one of our listeners by the name of Aram. I think I pronounced that right. Let me know, dude. Aram and I have actually been talking for a long time, probably over the last year easily. He was one of the guys who uh, helped me out early on when I had my wobbly issues with the 770, recommended some wobbly, blades. Wobbly, wobbly, wobbly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the wobbling goblin yeah and and so uh, aram wrote me this week and had i thought had some pretty darn good questions so i'm going to go ahead and read the email out and then uh we can we can chat a little bit well this is actually a follow-on from a couple of different emails uh so i'll just read this main one uh the the background is that he's been flying for a while now all electrics but he just decided to take the plunge into nitro. Yes. Awesome. With a 600 nitro yes. T-Rex. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, and he says, you know, we say that, and only one of us has a knife. I know. I still, I yeah, still love you, Nitro. I just, I'm taking a little bit of a break from it. That's okay. Yeah. You too, Nick. So oh, I know. He says, Justin, the T Rex 600 Nitro I bought is a Nitro Pro with a belt drive, fly bar, and multi gov Pro. I will likely convert it to fly barless. I have had good luck with V-Bar. have also tried the Skookum 540, 720, Beastex, and Icon. However, what would you recommend to use with a Nitro, since I imagine they're more prone to vibrations than electrics? Also, would you recommend keeping the Multigov Pro or using the Flybarless controller governor if it has one? I run Futaba and was thinking about the CGY750, partially because I've never tried it and also understand the Nitro Gov is one of the better ones. What are your thoughts? So I thought this was a good one because we've all got some pretty strong background in Nitro over the years, and I know we've all tried various governors and flybarless systems on the Nitros. What do you guys think? First, first off, in terms of a flybarless system, do you think there's an ideal flybarless system for nitro only? No, no, well, not a mini V bar. Not a, okay. It, expound on that, Nick. Well, the mini V bar, I would say, is the only one that I would shy away from. Notice I did not say V bar; I said mini V bar, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because of it's just not set up for that vibration resistance. I mean, and they're up front, uh, very up front and honest about that. Uh, the, the lack of ports on it, sensor hookups, it's just not designed for that application. So I would stay away from that. Past that, any of the flybarless systems now, they have all become so vibration resistant I mean, leaps and bounds over a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, on so, on any of the recent units I've had on nitros, I haven't even taken any precautions really. I guess to avoid the uh, the vibrations, it's still just the one layer of clear 3M mm-hmm. tape is what I'm is what I'm using. You know, I would say there's not even anything special to it. They, you know, the vibration no. resistance seems to be getting pretty good. Well, and I'd go as far as to say that mini v-bar aside if you do choose a fly barless system and fly it on your nitro and find that vibrations are affecting it chances are there's something seriously wrong with your model so you need to figure out why it's vibrating like that and fix it or Mm -hmm. it's a problem with the sensor unit itself but i I I agree my my experience is the same i've flown multiple fly barless units on nitro on a gasser uh, it yeah. doesn't really make a difference. I don't do anything different. One layer of or, 3M gray, and that's, that's right. It. There you go. Yep. That's the key, and we, we got to kind of flash back to the past there with the, the whole, you know, ooh, what pad are you running? What, you know, what double-sided this are you running? Yeah, do you have a steel plate in between, or is do it you, strapped yeah, that, down? Or Those days yeah. are gone. Those days are gone. If you have a fly barless system and it does not fly on a nitro with two layers of gray 3M tape, something's jacked in your model. That's my yep. opinion yep. anyway. Um, yeah. I run two layers of gray on my nitros, one layer on my electric. I don't even know if it's necessary to run two on I, the nitro. I haven't run two on the nitro in so long I can't remember. I See, set and them I up use all the clear. The same. 
Okay, but I don't. I, but the, I, it's it's all this. It's just I would it's say the it's same a, concept. Yeah. It's a firmer. It's a firmer setup on tape. Get away yep. from those no super foam. squishy, <laughs> the yeah, foam no looking foam. ones. We don't want foam. Foam is bad, bad, That's bad, bad. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why they still ship that crap with. Yeah, foam it still comes in the box. Just, You're like, oh boy. It's like, oh, it's it. I call it drifting tape. It's a little piece of drifting <laughs> yeah. tape. Yeah, and why? Exactly because if you. It. If you put your fly barless system on it and you do a punch out, you're going to get a drift. That's all your heli's going to do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Nice. So in that aspect, no. Um, governor stuff, my take on it is that any nitro gov is so much easier yeah. than electric gov. I mean, 10 times easier. So any of the fly barless systems on the market now that have an internal nitro governor, you know, CGY, V-Bar, Skookum, uh, Icon, uh, Spartan, all of those are going to be completely 100% sufficient, just as good as a multi-gov, if not better. The yep. only situation that I could personally see running a multi-gov is if you want to fly a B-Stex, period, because I don't. Uh, or some, you know, maybe like... Or a, a Bavarian Demon. Bavarian Demon, E-Bar, e the KDS I was e running, getting... I was running multi-gov on my last Nitro because I fly Bavarian Demon. Mm. And I, yep, you know... Absolutely. Here, here's my thought. And and it's been a little bit since I've flown the V-Bar Governor. Uh, I've flown the, the C... What is it called? The GY701 Governor as well, which is the Futaba. I think both V-Bar and Futaba have great governors, but what I personally found was it requires a whole hell of a lot more tuning, again, to get things set up. The best way I can describe it, in my experience, is that Multigov is the Contronic of the Nitro world. I've mm. never had issues with Multigov. Set it up on defaults. It flies amazing. If you want to go fair. in and mess with, you know, rev limiter instead of the regular gov, you can do that. Or there's some really super advanced tuning parameters. Nine times out of ten, out of ten, you don't have to do that because it just flies great. Yeah, I would say, and I, I don't have so so I don't have specific multi gov um, experience, but I would think. I, th I think you made tuning the nitro gov on a V bar a little bit tougher. You made it sound a little bit tougher than it actually is. I think the electric gov on the V bars is a little bit of a pain to tune, but in my experience, the nitro gov, I, I, I would not even one flight. I mean, I literally, when I set it up, there's, you know, there's a couple settings in there where the, there's a throttle pullback setting and mm -hmm. then there's your main gain. And those are the only two. I literally just eh, put the gain up to 60 and drop the throttle pullback down, and I haven't touched it since. That's fair. That's fair. So yeah, I mean, well, I've, I've been having great luck with that. It's certainly harder to tune the the Futaba than it is the V bar. Okay. Yeah, and that was on a gasser too, wasn't it, Justin? Yes. Yeah, so that could be a little bit different as well. I I get what you're saying. Multigov is just plugging. Yeah, plug. it's. I mean, it's a sweet little setup. There's no. I've never ran into an issue, a negative symptom uh, yeah. with everything default on the multi-gov. And adjustability-wise, 
it is just as adjustable, if not possibly even more. It's more adjustable. Trust me. Than a lot of the fly bar. Yeah. Yeah. If you go in deep into the advanced menu, it's crazy, dude. (laughs) And, and, you know, the other thing is a lot of people say, well, it's a separate piece. So now I'm taking a weight penalty. Yeah. Like six grams. The thing is tiny as hell. It's easy to mount. Here's my issue. Here's my, here's my issue. Connections are the enemy. Yeah. So. It's taking up more real estate, and I'm not talking weight, but I am talking more little jumper wires. There's just more potential for failure. I'm a it's huge fan of, you know. Simple, I just, clean. Yeah, simple, <laughs> clean. You got your throttle go, your th- you know, your throttle servo goes right into the fly barless system, a sensor wire. You're already in there tweaking and tuning it anyway. It's there. That's the route that I would go in just about every case, except um, in situations like Justin, you know, perfect example. You're on the Bavarian Demon team. That's what you're going to fly. Well, then the Mm -hmm. Multigov is is the clear winner in that. But, you know, don't go fly what fly barless system you want to fly. You know, pick your fly barless system. And if it's got a gov in it, then by all means use it first. That would be, that's me. Personally. Yep. Yeah. I, I yep. think that makes sense. Well, cool. Ah, Thank you for the email. Rom. And if anyone else has uh, questions or comments, then uh, feel free to shoot us emails. Uh, I think nowadays we all get tons of them and we only tend to get a couple of them out on the air. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. As new and interesting emails come through or private messages, we'll bring more up if it makes sense. Yep. Works for me, dude. Do you have well, anything else to talk uh, about here, guys? I, I think we're good. Oh, wait That's, a minute. We have one more thing. I can... You know what? Dude, I don't know if you guys know this. It's starting to get buck cold here. Like it was nice yes, out yes. today, but when the sun's going down, woo, titbit nipply. Yeah, and dude. This morning, that- I it, I woke up. It was freaking forty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of that, just about the time when we're ready to go crazy, ready to go insane, can't take the cold weather anymore. We're going on vacation. Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> to the OHB-ness. Yes, That's we right, are. baby. Cannot wait. OHB. We are bringing RC Heli Nation to OHB in all of its full force and badassness <laughs> that it is. And we are going to put on uh, uh, what we hope to be a great show, live podcast. You know, we were even discussing, Dan's not here. Hey, we can tell everyone what we're going to do, and then he has to do yep, it because he's that's not here. right, yes. Dan. Listen up, buddy. I, I want to know. I actually want some feedback here um, from from you guys. I, I don't want to divulge too much numbers-wise. It appears from our end that you guys really dug those Urcha episodes that we did. Uh, how about that? Um, we were humbled by those. So thank you, everyone that followed along. Uh, with Urcha, thank you, thank you so much. Don't forget, 
Give a huge shout out to RC Fly, Scorpion Power Systems, and Progressive RC for helping us get there. We had a blast. Without them, wouldn't have been possible. Um, but it seems as though you guys really dug those episodes. So shorter ones, kind of keep in touch. Um, you know, shoot us an email, forum post, Facebook message, whatever you want to do. I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are. For all of you that aren't going to make it to our OHB, if you liked that or if you're just more interested, nah, I'm not too worried about it or whatever, I'd like to get your input on that because we're always open to yeah. that kind of stuff. We are going to have a blast there. Bert and Carrie, thank you so much for you know inviting us to come over, hang out, enjoy the fun. And guys, if you are on the fence about OHB, this is the year to go. We're going to bring some of the West Coast goodness over there. Show these guys how to party. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's just going to be a blast. It's it's a great chance to hang out, BS with us. We want to meet. Uh, we have such an awesome group of people on the East Coast. You guys all the way up north that just freeze your asses off all year round. You know, the, the Stacys, uh, Chris Reiber, all those guys all the way down uh, you know, to the Florida warm weather dicks, uh, Chris Trebby and the Cashwells, Bert and all those guys. We really appreciate all of you for your support. So, God, come hang out, please. It's going to be awesome. And, yeah, can, and coming up here, I'm not sure quite when. I'm still still coordinating things with Carrie and Bert, but I think we're going to get them on the show in, in the relative near term here so that we can talk a little bit more about OHB. See, see what they got in nice. store for us. You know, if there's anything new this year, just kind of get the word out there. Awesome. Sweet. Well, I, look, I look forward to it. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. All right, guys. Well, I think, I think that kind of wraps us up for this week. Uh, don't forget... Uh, next week, I do believe we're going to be putting out that badass BK Servo review. So make sure to check in next week if you were uh, curious about those. Hats, shirts, still got them, still doing them. Uh, thank you again, everyone. It is awesome to see all of the pictures of hats, shirts, and the citizen cards getting out. Once again, Ken, you are incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, if you happen to be about on the forum or whatever, thank, uh, give a big shout out to Larry. We still appreciate the hell out of Larry, uh, Kagan keeping up on our website and stuff. You know, he does it all out of the goodness of his heart and he hasn't been flying as much, uh, but he still does it. And Larry, that really means a lot to us and to all the listeners. Facebook, we're plugging right along. I mean, dude, life is good. Facebook, dude, we're above. Yeah. We we just hit like thirty seven hundred and ten likes. It's been. I mean, I can remember been. when we were trying to go for like a thousand. Yeah. Yep. Crazy. Yeah. The this year has been. You know, we pushed hard, and it it's paying off for us, and we just uh, ah man. We just appreciate the shit out of it. You guys are awesome. All of our listeners all across the world. Japan guy. I haven't said hi to Japan guy in forever. 
dude, thank you. Who is Japan guy? <laughs> I don't know. Remember it's the one guy? guy? It's the one the guy one, the one on the map. Dude, that's right. <laughs> the one download from Japan that we always got last year. Every single episode. Japan guy. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> uh, well, guys, uh, we good? I think we are good. Yeah. Let's let's finish it off here with emails. Nick, how would someone get a hold of you if they wanted to? If you wanted to get a hold of me, you would send an email to my freshly cleaned out email box <laughs> at nick at rchellynation.com. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. You're That's starting right. a new reset button. That's right. Jesse? Uh, you'd send me an email at jesse at rchellynation.com. Of course, if you wanted to get a hold of Dan, you could get him at dan at rchellynation.com or Dan K. Reed on the forums. Dieter is dieter at rchellynation.com. I think Ken's got an email address now, doesn't he? He does. Yes, he does. Ken at rchellynation.com. If you want to drop Ken a mail and thank him for the awesome commercials that he helps us with and for getting you guys your citizen cards. Finally, then do that. I am Justin. You can get me at Justin at RCHellynation.com or catch me on Facebook or the forums, which tends to be a lot easier to communicate nowadays than email because of the spam filter. <laughs> I may pull a reset just like you, Nick. I, Dude, I, I've been nope. doing pretty well. I, I'm trying to keep up, but oh, it's just overwhelming sometimes. So. Who knows? We'll see. Okay. Well, this has been episode 153. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. We will see you guys next week. Later, guys. Spin them slow. Fast, fast, fast. Duck. this has been a production of rc heli nation llc and is brought to you by kde direct soco heli tools progressive rc genzase batteries blade helicopters bk servos and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.